Welcome into Honorado and Company. Chris Honorado, Ashley Miller. I am live at Alpenhouse RV and Camping in Amsterdam. Shout out to our people at Alpenhouse, Andy Heck, Katie Osborne. And if you come to this particular store, the guy you absolutely must talk to is Seth. He's the manager and uh, hooks us up with this location. We'll take you inside the store here later on, and I'll even take you inside an RV to show you some of the sweet digs on wheels okay. that they have here in Amsterdam. Hey, Ash. What's going on? Are you going to buy us an RV? Is that the plan? Get an RV? Yeah. You going to buy one? Yeah. Uh, right. eh, maybe. Uh, I'll okay. tell you what. They have everything you could possibly need here just for camping. <laughs> Uh, and I'm 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 actually seated seating in a hello seated in a chair that would be perfect for my parents when they go watch their grandchildren play okay. sports. Okay. So I might walk out of here with a couple of chairs for uh, the softball, baseball watching crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a great, great place. Obviously, they're doing killer business here with the RVs, and they have since last year. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ash, before you and I had a little vacay, we were showing off some of the Alp Alpenhouse boats, boats and yeah. jet skis. And a couple of weeks from now, we'll show you some of the pools that they're able to install, and they're taking orders all the way into 2023. So Crazy. you're going to say to me, ah, but it, it's too far. No, it isn't. It's not too early to think about a pool. Right. I'm telling you, they're already taking reservations for 2023. All right, coming up on today's show, got a lot to get to here as we're already now one week into the Major League Baseball season. Boy, all that, you know, CBA negotiation talk feels like a thousand years ago. Does I've forgotten all about it. I've almost forgotten all about Freddie Freeman being a Dodger. <laughs> we'll get your Ash's thoughts on the Yankees here so far and the Mets are off to a hot start. The NBA is almost mm -hmm. into the playoffs. Jeff Van Gundy says, hey, the play-in is the playoffs. That's not really the way it works. No. We're almost into the playoffs and a really good performance from Kevin Herter and the Atlanta Hawks to try to now move one step closer to playing the top overall seed in the Eastern Conference. And, of course, the NFL never sleeps. We've got football news as well. Let's get it going here on Honorado and Company. is Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpen House. Live from Alpen House in Amsterdam, Alpen House RV and camping. And uh, let's get with the NBA stuff here. And our guest coming up on today's show, Ash, I didn't mention at the top, yeah. I should. WWE superstars, Sasha Banks and Kofi Kingston coming to Albany on Friday, April 22nd, the return of Friday Night SmackDown at MVP Arena. So let's get fired up for those two yeah, guests yeah. as they'll be sporting some hardware. Jay's watching. Jay, good morning, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I love this early weigh-in from Nat. Oh, Nick, here we go. Kershaw, and that is all. We will get to yep. that, Nick. There is no doubt about it. We are not going to leave that one alone on today's show, no chance. But let's start with, Ash, the uh, NBA playoffs here. And what we saw from our guy Kevin Herter on Wednesday night, 13 points, five boards, four assists. I, I, you, I think you know I'm big on this number here at the bottom mm -hmm. of your screen. If you look at a box score, plus yep. minus is huge. Herter was plus 24 for the Hawks in a blowout win, 132-103. Oh, by the way, that was the under by half a point. Half a point. 
against it out. Although I was going to say you sweated it out, didn't but it matter. didn't matter because Trey ruined you. Against Charlotte. So an absolute blowout by Atlanta. They looked really good. And now can they go to Cleveland and win? Before we get to that, though, Ash, what did you see from Herder and the Hawks that you liked? Yeah, listen, I think when you get the Kev that hits his first three shots of the game, his first three threes of the game, you know it's going to be a good night um, because he's at times struggled to shoot it this season, and at other times he's been totally the opposite and feels like he can't miss. So as soon as he came out and made his first couple buckets, you knew it was going to be a good night. But it didn't feel like he ever, um, I guess, like took shots that were unnecessary. He didn't push it. He, he just kind of – took what was given to him, took open threes, and did a little bit of everything. You showed the stats. They're right there. Five rebounds, four assists. He did what the Hawks needed him to do. And this was without Trey having a good game. Right. Trey made his first shot and then missed like his next eight. So the Hawks looked really good. They are a totally different team at home, though, than they are on the road, which is where they'll have to go next. Yeah, so to Cleveland. Now, Trey had an off night, which is funny. You read the headlines on like an ESPN.com. It says like Trey Young's big yeah. night pushes Hawks past Hornets in a blowout. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. I only had 24 and 11, but the dude yeah. was one of seven from three. Struggled yeah. the entire first half mightily. Yeah. Couldn't throw it in the ocean even from three feet. So, you know, they're playing it up. Somebody who wrote the headline didn't watch that game, I think, is what we can kind well, of surmise They here. interviewed him after the game, and I thought, yeah. Mah. Yeah. Okay, either either way, right? He is yeah. the star on that team. So we get now can they go to Cleveland right. and win another one here? Yeah, this is a Cleveland team that I think has from the very beginning surprised everyone. It's a young team. Uh it's a team that hasn't even relied on Colin Sexton like they did last year. Uh this is a team with Garland. Obviously Kevin Love is still there kind of playing that mentorship veteran role. Um, Jared Allen isn't healthy, so yep. but the addition of Karis Levert is nice. Getting it done. Evan Mobley's yeah. terrific. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're a good young team, and they're a team that, um, if they can keep that group together, should be good for the foreseeable future. It'll be a really tough test, but if Trey shoots it better, I think this is a Hawks team that has a chance against anyone. We saw them make a run last year, and it's essentially the same team this year that they're bringing back. Yeah, no John Collins. You need Collins back. I think would make a big difference, but it's close enough. Danilo Gallinari played really well Wednesday mm -hmm. night. I, I'm with you, though. Trey's going to have a better game. And to me, that that's going to be the difference. I think Atlanta goes on the road. I think they beat Cleveland as much as I, I like the Cleveland Cavaliers and what they're building. Sam's watching from Myrtle Beach. What's up, Sam? Sam has had one heck of a trip. You're not kidding. I mean, from, I don't know, did he start in Myrtle Beach and then do Augusta and now I, back to I Myrtle Beach? So. Yeah, no kidding. Billy Blake bringing the warmer weather from SoCal. Yeah, yeah at least for a couple of days, Billy. Easter... Yeah. In the Albany area is going to be chilly, but uh, we had 90s out in L.A. for a couple of days as uh, Ash and I got away for a little bit, saw a bunch of people, saw a bunch of places and things. It was uh, a long trip, but a, a whirlwind of a trip, if, yeah. if that's possible. Yeah. Need a vacation from our vacation. Yeah, that's what they always say, right? Need a vacation from the vacation. All right. Um what else has caught your eye in the NBA play-in game so far? Anything that's setting up for a first-round upset for you? Uh, from the play-ins, maybe not. Although I feel like anyone has a chance against the Clippers um, because I don't love the Clippers this year. What, what are you going to say? But something? you, but you do have a first-round upset. I know that you're building for here. Oh, oh, the Nets. But is that really an upset? 
Well, not according to Vegas, but by seeding it is. Yeah, no, and I get that. It, my, I have the Nets coming out of the East, uh, and they're, of course, a seven seed, which by seeding, a seeding standpoint, is an upset. And I, I, honestly, I think when you look at Philadelphia and you look at the Heat is the number one o- overall seed in the East, yep. you look at Boston, the East, this playoffs in the East is going to be incredible, and any would can, anyone could come out of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the Nets, and I just wouldn't think like, wow, it's the Nets. They're a seven seed. They're the Nets. Yeah, Vegas still has them as the favorites to come out okay. of the East, and they have for the entire season. I, that 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 number, uh, or at least that's the way Vegas has viewed Brooklyn has never wavered. They've always said this is the team to beat in the East, even when Kyrie wasn't playing, even when Kyrie wasn't playing home games. Even when Kevin Durant was injured, I mean, they, they were always mm-hmm. like plus 350 to come out of the East. So the betters have always liked Brooklyn this year. And you say you like them. Okay, here's my first round upset to watch before I kind of get into okay. the way I think that each conference will yeah. play out going into the NBA finals. Look out for Denver. And maybe you're going to say to me, ah, it's not an upset. No, I, because yeah. Golden State's had a terrific year, but they've had too many interruptions. Mm -hmm. Steph is now back at practice, but is he going to be a hundred percent? And are they going to get a hundred percent Draymond at any point in that series or, or these playoffs too many interruptions for golden state for me, a team that was so good to start. And Draymond has been the the real X factor for them when he's healthy, they win. But you look at that Denver team, they're deep, they're talented. That to me is the upset to watch out for in this first round. Yep. Um, Jokic is making another play at, at an MVP. He won't win MVP, but mm-hmm. he's right in there with Embiid and, and Giannis. Denver to beat Golden State as much as I, you know, you know me and Golden you State. You know, I hate to yep. say that, but yep. but it feels like that's a series where the Nuggets are going to find a way to win it, even though they have to go on the road to start. Yeah, and I think obviously, like this is no surprise. Task number one is stop Jokic, which good luck. You know what I mean? Like there haven't been a lot of teams that have been able to do that. I could see that happening. I understand I'm a little bit prisoner of the moment here, but do the T-Wolves have a shot against the Grizzlies? They feel, ooh, okay. No. All right. No. (laughs) No, no. And I I get what you're saying, but Memphis has been so good all year. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, no the one on Minnesota like like John, I cat, but there's nobody on Minnesota like John. No, I mean I would put D'Angelo like one of those other guys would have to be in the cat is a little too different of a player than Ja for me. But I mean from the standpoint of a guy who, who yeah, who's just go get thirty five yeah. or forty. Yeah. No. I mean Anthony Edwards might get there at some point in the next year or two. Um, yep. but I'm not sure if you could just be like, here's the ball, go get me thirty. I don't know that he's there yet. But he's he's going to be a superstar. Can oh, you be a superstar no. in in Minnesota? I mean, Garnett did it, but he was already well. I guess that was the beginning of his career. He was yeah. a superstar in, in Minnesota. Garnett and Kevin Love both started mm-hmm. there, and they were double double machines every night and all stars. And then they had to go somewhere else to really win. Um, I, I would like to see somebody get it done in Minnesota. That would be fun. Yeah. All right, here here's you said your pick is is Brooklyn. I'm going Philadelphia here. After the Harden trade, I thought this is going to be Philadelphia's year. Um, Embiid's been great all season long. You know, I'm not a big believer in James Harden, but something about this particular duo 
fits so much better than anything else Philly's ever had in the last handful of years yeah. with the pick and roll opportunities. There's no, th- when it was Ben Simmons, there was no threat that you didn't have to go over screen. You could go under every screen with Ben yep. Harden. You can't, you got to mm-hmm. challenge him at every single ball screen. So he doesn't put up a three and that's going to create a ton of opportunities for Embiid in these playoffs. I'm with you though. The East is loaded. I, I thought about this all morning long, and am I on Philadelphia? How can I disrespect Milwaukee this way, the defending champs? And then, oh, by the way, you said it, Miami's the number one seed, maybe mm-hmm. the, one of the better defensive teams, certainly, in the NBA. Love their depth, love their ability to shoot the three. So I'm down to Miami, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee, and ultimately I'm just going to pick Philadelphia here. Yeah. I don't have the faith that Brooklyn's going to be able to get it done to me. They're too yep. thin. Um, two great players, and then after that, I'm not sold on on a lot of of anything yeah. else the Nets have. I'm with you. I think they do beat Boston, but I think they run into trouble later on in the Eastern Conference playoffs because of the depth of teams. Yeah, and we've talked about how good the East is. You get a Boston Brooklyn matchup in round one, and then the winner of that. I know we're assuming that Milwaukee beats Chicago. The yeah. winner of that gets the reigning champs, which it's unbelievable. So those, even just those two series are going to be pretty fantastic. And then you throw Philly into the mix and it's just a lot of fun for me. The East has turned into like the old, you know, fun West. We're back to the East being a a power at this point. Yeah. Carol, I said, anybody see my Hawks last night? Yeah. 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 Carol, I know you may have just joined us a little bit late. Go to the beginning of the show though, when we're done here or Watch us on my four on Saturday night, and and we took a deep dive into the Atlanta Hawks' performance in that play-in game, blowing out the Hornets. Uh, Nick says, "Look out for my Mavs." Here's the interesting thing about that that Mavs series. I believe they're the underdogs in that series. How about that? Yeah, maybe, but I think the way that those two teams are going recently, I would take the Mavs. The Utah's reeling a little bit, and it feels like Dallas has things going. And if that's kind of the way the trends are as we head into the playoffs, I think I'm going to go Mavs. Utah, four-and-a-half-point favorite in game one. Wow. On the road. We'll see. On the road. Uh, Biggest spread on Saturday, Memphis favored by seven. Okay. Golden State's a six-point favorite. You jump over to Sunday, as if we do the show now, only two matchups are absolutely set. Bucks are a 10-point favorite. Boston, four-point favorite. Wow. That that Brooklyn Boston series hammer the over every single game. There's gonna I think there's gonna be a ton of scoring in that series. Yeah, you got I mean, elite shot makers in that series, Brown and Tatum and Durant and Irving. I think a ton of scoring in that series. Yeah, I mean Boston also has what I would consider an elite defense. Yep. Um I'm yep. not saying they're gonna stop. Yeah, there's no stopping the the duo of KD and Kyrie. But maybe they do a better job containing them. I think they're three and one against the Nets this season, and obviously that probably hasn't included the two of them together. Um, but they've had success against that team this season, and so maybe they get it done again. Maybe they've got the secret sauce of of how to slow them down. And the kiss of death from both of us here on the Phoenix Suns oh, yeah. to come out of the West. They're the one seed. That one feels like the easy pick here, taking Phoenix out of the West. I don't. I'm not sure which t- – if you had to pick one team to challenge Somebody them, else? which would it be? I, I don't know. I yeah, really don't. Yeah, and that's the thing. Denver, I, I don't either. For me. Who? Denver maybe for me. Yeah, I was going to say it's not – for me it's not Memphis. It's not Golden State. It's 
it's somebody with a Jokic like player, which yeah. maybe it's Dallas if they get through. Like, I don't know, because then you've at least got our guy. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be wrong on that. Uh, yeah, our guest coming up on, on today's show, Friday Night SmackDown. The WWE coming back to Albany. First time in seven years. MVParena.com, best way to get your tickets. We've got Sasha Banks and Kofi Kingston coming up on the show here. And uh, and we'll talk with those WWE superstars. I'm looking forward to that conversation to get their take on uh, some of the things happening in wrestling mm-hmm. that uh, they've been able to achieve here recently, right? Fresh off WrestleMania. So a good conversation with them coming up. I'm live at Alpenhouse RV and Camping. And Ash, here is a look inside the store. And again, if you come out here to Amsterdam, Seth is your guy. And our thanks to Andy Heck and Katie Osborne for their support of this show, as they've done since day one here, part of Honorado and Company on News Channel 13 and My 4. You catch us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you want to just listen along, you're missing the current visuals. But we are on Apple and Spotify and Amazon as well. So check us out there if you're sitting at home and you have that smart speaker. If you have an Alexa, you just say, hey, Alexa. Play the podcast Honorado and Company, and she'll do exactly that. Full Yeti wall of anything you could possibly need. Any that's cool. Cooler, thermos, tumbler. They've got every possible chair you could possibly want for camping. Of course, the RVs and and all the materials that go along with camping as well. Uh, your grilling needs. It's all here at Alpenhouse RV and Camping. In Amsterdam. All right, Ash, when we come back here on Honorado and Company, we still have Sasha Banks and Kofi Kingston to come. But let's get into what we've seen from week one, like the NFL almost, week one of the Major League Baseball season. That uh, contentious CBA negotiation feels like a long, long time ago. You're watching Chris Honorado and Ashley Miller on Honorado and Company. Back right after this, guys. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams, athletes, organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Live at Alpenhouse RV and camping in Amsterdam. Chris Honorado and Ashley Miller with you here on Honorado and Company. All right, Ash, first first week impressions of the Major League Baseball season. What have you seen that has stood out that maybe you think is short-term or long-term? Um... Listen, I think some of the the first things based on predictions that maybe I made a week ago of just 
you know, when you stack up teams and look at divisions, uh, the yeah. Rockies are a bit of a surprise off to a four and one start. Listen, that's, I don't think that's something that will survive aside from Chris Bryant. There's not a lot, a lot there. Um, but yeah, I, the Mets have impressed so far and that's without Jacob deGrom. It's with Noah Syndergaard out on the West coast. Now um, they're just figuring out a way to win, which is, is what you have to do until you get a Cy Young guy like Jacob DeGrom back in the lineup when you know, okay, he's probably only going to give up one or two runs a start and we get him a few and we're going to win those games. So the Mets have impressed me. The Yankees have been exactly kind of what I thought they would be. Um, and I maybe it gets better for them. I think we saw last night, we're, tape, we're, we're live on a Thursday, we saw Wednesday night uh, Garrett Cole looked better. Yep. But a guy like Vlad Guerrero Jr. just had a, a crazy, crazy night, took a couple pitches that were like a foot in off the plate and put him out of the park, which, like Cole said after the game, you just kind of have to tip your hat at some point. Um, the first one he hung to him, but the second one was in off the plate and Vladdy took it out anyway. So, uh, yeah, there's the Mets have been good. The Yankees have been, I think, kind of what we thought they would be. And then maybe the Guardians and the Rockies are a little bit of a surprise to start the season uh, early on. Yeah, Jose Ramirez gets the contract. He's got three Huge home contract. runs this season. Uh, Vladdy on Wednesday, Ash, looked like a guy who was like, you know what? I had earned every bit of the 2021 AL MVP. Mm-hmm. Otani gets it, and rightfully so. Sure. Uh, but the numbers that Guerrero put up last year are absurd. He looks mm-hmm. like a guy who's just going to mash his entire mm-hmm. career a la Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Um, there just aren't many places in and around the strike zone where you're going to get him out. He's lightning quick, as you said, inside three home runs on Wednesday night, two against Cole, one against Jonathan Luizaga. That Blue Jays team, you and I both have them in the World Series this year, Um, and they're off to a pretty good start here. You have them winning it. Is that right? I do, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, and I I think – for me, the crazy part is, and they were talking about this last night, earlier in the series, they had gotten him inside. They they had kind of exposed him and, and gotten him to ground out, strike out on inside pitches. And so he clearly made an adjustment. He went in and said, like, this is what I did wrong. This is where they're beating me. Well, I'm going to make sure they don't do it again. Um, so for him to make that adjustment and make it as quickly as he did, he's a power hitter, but a smart hitter. And I know people compare him to his dad all the time. Sure. But he is not the free swinger that his dad was. His dad would swing at balls that bounced in front of the plate and at balls over his eyes. This is a guy that has so much more control uh, and and just makes better decisions on pitches out of the strike zone, but can also clearly make adjustments very quickly. So I think he's a better hitter than his dad already. Yeah, I don't disagree. And his dad was a 300 hitter. His dad, yep. Paul Famer. I mean, it's yep. crazy. But yeah, I think, I think Vladdy Jr. is is probably a better hitter and maybe will be a more feared hitter mm-hmm. uh, than his dad was. All right, let's get into it here. Nick brought it up at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I'll bring the comment back up here. And he says, leave Clayton Kershaw in. That is all. Okay. What do we think? Dodgers pull Clayton Kershaw after seven perfect innings. Do you have a problem with that? Yeah, I have a problem with it. I get it. Like, you're trying to save the guy's shoulder, his elbow, his arm. We're two games into the season, and I think someone else made this point. It's not a no-hitter. 
There have been 23 perfect games, I believe, in in the history of baseball. This doesn't happen every day. He was at 80 pitches after seven innings. He wasn't at 100 pitches. You weren't going to make him throw his arm off to do this. He could have gotten it done probably with 110 pitches. And then if you want to give him an extra day of rest or you want to put his pitch count at 70 next time, Mm. then do it. But you can't take him out when he's throwing a perfect game. It's just ridiculous. 13 strikeouts, obviously no hits, no walks, um, no errors. Um, And I'm with you, 80 pitches. He's in a one-year deal, Mm -hmm. right, with the Dodgers. He's he's not your worry after now. I mean, and I get it. He's a he's a he's a franchise legend and icon. He's a multi Cy Young award winning pitcher. He now has his World Series with you, Uh, but he's he's 34. I'm not saying this is the end of the road for him, but it's very likely the last year for him in a Dodger. And 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 if he if you said to Clayton Kershaw, you've got basically all the hardware you could possibly want. Do you want to stay in this game? And and it could mean you're going to miss three months. What do you think? He might say, leave me in. Now, the the team guy would yeah. say, no, I'm good. I'm not chasing individual accolades at this point. But but that is what Clayton Kershaw should be chasing in a way, is, is, is rounding out the resume as much as possible. He's a surefire Hall of Famer, but he's already got a no-hitter. You could throw a perfect game on top of that. I have a problem with it because, to your point, it wasn't like he was laboring. Right. It, it's a perfect game with 13 strikeouts. He had 11 strikeouts on his slider, 80 pitches. It wasn't like he needed 100 pitches to get through seven because then you start doing the math and you say, yeah. all right, still to get him through the eighth and the ninth at 15, 20 pitches an inning. Now we're really pushing right. the old man. Right. That's not the case. I, I'm yeah. with you. 110 is, is more yeah. than reasonable here. Like he could have gotten it done in that. And I, and, Put him out there for the eighth. And as yep. soon as and he see gives what up happens. a hit or a walk, mm-hmm. you pull him. Yeah, exactly. Or as or if he has a 30 pitch inning and he's at 110 after eight. Well, guess Fine. what? Now I'm and now you're through eight. So you think, well, now you can't, but I get it. You know what I mean? Like you just there were too many pitches to play with for me. The pitch count wasn't high enough. It wasn't a, like you said, it wasn't a labored thing. He it it just looked too easy. For you to then pull him out. Mm. And don't you, if you're the organization, don't you want that moment? Who doesn't want the highlights everywhere of a player in their jersey throwing a perfect game? It lives all time. It gets shown every time until somebody else throws a perfect game, which is basically every 10 years. <laughs> it's... Uh, there was history made in San Francisco. Yeah, really cool. First female on-field coach during a Major League Baseball regular season game, Alyssa Nacken. I believe I'm saying that correctly. So. Um, she is part of the Giants coaching staff. First base coach gets ejected in the third inning on Tuesday night. <laughs> Number 92, Alyssa Nacken jumps into action. And for the first time ever, we had an on-field female coach in a Major League Baseball regular season game. Really, really cool. Nice ovation from yeah. the home crowd for her. And Eric and his, Hosmer shook her hand, made. congratulated yep. her. It it was a cool moment, and yet it didn't feel that weird for me. And maybe that's just because I'm a female. But it didn't feel weird for me to have her standing at first base and yeah. fist pumping people as they got hits and came to the bag. Like, didn't feel weird for me. Yeah, no, I, I didn't think it was was strange um, at all. So a, a very cool moment for 
for baseball and for uh, Alyssa Nacken. Obviously, the Yankees have the first female manager yep. at any level, Rachel Balkovic. Um, and so we are seeing more and more women in sports, not just baseball, but obviously we've talked a ton about people like Becky Hammond, and there mm-hmm. are females that are part of uh, coaching staffs and and uh, front offices at the NFL level as well. So it's it's through every sport now, but this is a trailblazing moment, and she'll be a, a trivia answer for a long time to come. Yeah, really cool moment. Um, and I believe, I would have to ask my friend Jen, who we just saw yesterday, but I believe Jen played softball against Alyssa at one point. Um, so softball background translates to baseball. I think that's an easy switch aside from the pitching. There isn't much different. Um, so as long as you're not working with pitchers, and we've seen someone like a Jessica Mendoza who can, who quickly made the transition to be able to understand pitching and work to understand different pitches uh, from the overhand perspective. So mm-hmm. it's just, it, the sports are so similar for me that the transition makes sense in a lot of ways. And you, it's not like, you know, you don't get a lot of females playing football. So it's a little different. You get females, whether they play softball or baseball, it just is an easy transition. Uh, let's kick this question around. Sasha Banks and Kofi Kingston just a few moments away here on Honor Auto and Company. Nick wants to know, will a relief pitcher lead the league in wins this year? Ash, this is a soapbox moment for you. Between pitch counts, openers, starting tandems, most starters may not qualify for wins anymore. We saw it happen on, I think it was so Tuesday ridiculous. night in the Yankees yeah. game, right? Nestor Cortez gets the start. He goes four and two-thirds of an inning, so he doesn't hit the five-inning threshold. You get a reliever who comes in, I believe he threw one and a third, yeah. and ends up getting the win. Your soapbox so- moment here, because I know it bugs you. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's ridiculous. And I understand, to me, if you don't want to qu- call it a quality start because he didn't hit X number of innings, fine, do that. But Nestor Cortez had a 3 nothing lead, I believe, when he left the game yeah. in the fifth inning, the middle of the fifth. I think he threw four and a third or four and two-thirds. And then another guy comes in, throws one and a third innings, and gets the win. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Nestor Cortez didn't leave trailing or to a tie game. He left throwing the most innings of any pitcher with a lead. That's my big thing is with a lead. If you leave with the lead and they don't give it up, you should get the win. So here's my thought on this, and I've had it for a couple of years, um, because everybody wants to diminish wins and losses by a starting pitcher, and, and I don't I don't want to do that. So I want to find a way to, to still give it great – look, we talked to a guy like Ian Anderson who's 23, mm-hmm. um, and he says, no, wins and losses still matter to me. Yeah. So it's just the analytical people who are saying that they don't – it matters to the players yeah. and the pitchers. So th- I would like to find a way to still make it a relevant stat so – that the analytical people in in baseball don't dismiss it. Here's my idea. We have an official score for errors. Okay, it's one person. It's a judgment call. call. Now, some are obvious, but Mm -hmm. some are not. And so why not make it one person's responsibility in the home press box to determine who has earned the win that night among the pitchers that to me, I, I can get behind that, make it somebody who's responsible enough to handle that type of, of, of duty. The same way we have an official score for errors. Let's have an official score for pitchers who have earned the win. Yeah. I don't hate that, but why can't it just be the pitcher who is in when their team takes the lead? Why can't it just be that simple? Be- because 
technically it is now, right? Like, but it's if not. You, well, okay, but let's let's say I'm Jacob Degrom, mm-hmm. and I go eight innings, and I leave the game, and it's one-one, mm-hmm. and then Edwin Diaz comes on in the ninth, okay, yeah, I, and he gets three outs, and Pete Alonso it's a walk-off homer. Diaz gets the win, I but get that it. win belongs to Jacob Degrom. But that's not as bad for me. I don't have as much of a problem with that as I do with the Cortez situation. He went. But, he left with a three nothing lead. But we can agree that in my scenario, Degrom had so much more to do with the Mets winning that game than Diaz getting three outs. No, I get it. But sometimes you need your teammates to back you up, and I, for me, that's like the thing. I don't have a problem with like your team didn't do their job offensively. I don't, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah. We can, common sense can rule the day here. Let's, let's do this people. Yeah. All right. When we come back here on Honorado and company, we've got to look inside one of the RVs here at Mm. Alpenhouse RV and camping in Amsterdam. This for our trip to California, there were a lot of RVs around just parked up along the beaches. beaches. We could have rented or we could, I guess can't rent. We could have bought one. Now you're thinking, okay. Yeah, our next trip to California. Next trip. We know some people. We'll talk to them here, Andy and Katie and Seth. All right, when we come back here, uh, a, a tag team theme to the next segments, and that mm-hmm. is Sasha Banks and Kofi Kingston, WWE superstars, with Friday Night SmackDown coming to Albany on Friday, April 22nd. Hang on, everybody. Coming right back on Honorado and Company. Sellers Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcellus is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genaire, and many more. Shop Marcellus Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. WWE SmackDown returns to Albany. First time in seven years, Friday Night SmackDown has come to downtown Albany, part of the MVP Arena schedule of events this year. Best way to get tickets, MVPArena.com. And we'll show you that throughout the segment here. This is a tag team theme. Kofi Kingston still to come, but right now, Man, we are fired up to welcome in Sasha Banks, a tag team, the tag team champ. Sasha, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you. I brought my goal to show up. Yeah, I can see that. I'm glad you did. Uh, <laughs> hey, take us back to WrestleMania here, if you would, and what you were maybe were expecting that night to be like, and then what it really was to be able to put that belt around you. Man, what was I expecting it to be? I was expecting it to be everything I dreamt of. You know, since I was a little girl, I always dreamt of winning at WrestleMania. You know, you never dreamt of like one, two, three, you're, you're, you're the one getting pinned. I always wanted to win at WrestleMania and to, and to win a championship at WrestleMania and to be in this company for so long and to finally <laughs> win my first ever WrestleMania with my best friend, my tag team partner, my girl, Naomi, someone that I'm so close with, someone that has helped me so much in this business, that was everything to me. And to be in the ring with so many incredible women as well, um, we went out there and we put on such a great, amazing match. And 
to be there in that electrifying crowd, oh my gosh, the energy that they just bring is just so incredible. There's nothing, nothing, nothing like a WrestleMania. So it was such so a dream come true. Yeah, congrats. And when I was growing up watching wrestling, uh, and I know you've got great love for Trish Stratus, she's one of the first females that I remember um, really kind of elevating the sport from a female side of things. How mm -hmm. do you view your role um, being as you know, more than 2 million Twitter followers? I mean, how do you view your role in terms of promoting athletes that are women? Uh, my, my role in it is just going out there and performing and, and doing it and proving it. And I've been doing that since I was 18. You know, I've been making history in WWE since I was 23. It's just, it's going out there and, and doing the work every single week. So the fans and, and the audience know, you know, that they take you seriously, that they can't not deny you. Um, and that's just where the hard work comes in. And after that, the respect comes with it as well. So um, it's just, it's going out there. It's putting everything out there with your heart and, um, it's getting rewarded for it. As you can see. Yeah, absolutely. The hard work has certainly paid off. Here's the information is WWE's Friday night. Smackdown comes back to Albany Friday, April 22nd, MVP arena.com easiest way to get your tickets for that event. Sasha Banks with us here, the tag team champion. And as I said, Kofi Kingston still to come on hey, today's Mickey. show. Uh, what is the most difficult part? about being a WWE superstar that maybe fans don't see or don't even get to kind of experience through your social media even? It is the in-between getting to the shows. It is the travel. It yeah. is uh, just the long hours of barely getting to sleep, barely getting to eat, trying to work out so you look good and strong to be a WWE superstar. It's uh, not seeing your family. It's just, it's, it's grinding every single day to be on TV, to hopefully get five minutes to 10 minutes of, of your, you know, your viewership eyes, you know, we go through so much 24 hour travels just for that 10 minutes. I don't think fans understand um, all, all that stuff that we go through just to entertain them, you know, but it's, it's at the end of the day, they give us so much energy that it fulfills what we do, th do throughout the whole week. It makes me get up every single day to go like, Okay, let me catch that 5 a.m. flight. Okay, let me miss that meal. Okay, let me just get into the gym. Okay, I'm here. I'm wrestling. Oh my goodness, the fans are incredible. Oh my God, there's a little girl wearing a Sasha Banks shirt. It just, you get so much fulfillment of, of doing things that you love, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was it like to be at uh, Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Awards? Because here's what I think is really cool is that, you know, as, as like a traditional sports fan, right? You would think like, okay, female athlete of the year. And maybe you don't automatically think Sasha Banks or you don't automatically think a WWE wrestler, but athlete of the year. I mean, yeah. how cool is that? Beyond, beyond anything I've ever thought of. That just made me um, just realize how big professional wrestling is and how big women's wrestling is to be in the category with Serena freaking Williams. Right, right. What? Like, I saw that category and I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. These are not just any women. These are the best women in every single one of their sports. The, the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. And to have my name on it and to see fans just nonstop every day tweet and vote for me. Um, which I still think was rigged and, and I, I didn't get, <laughs> you know, my award that I really thought I was going to get. <laughs> but 
But I thank my fans every single day for supporting me and loving me. I know I would not get that opportunity if they, they, if they weren't behind me. So it was just so incredible to, just to be nominated with all those incredible women. It was just, wow, I'm still blown away. All right, I just have just a couple more things here for you, Sasha, and I'll let you get out of here. Um, this is Autism Awareness Month. I've seen on your Twitter that you're promoting some things going on that not directly to you, but but you know, raising awareness for autism. Why is that something that you feel like, hey, even a retweet from from you to your followers is important this time of month? Because acceptance in everything is so important. Whether it's autism, whether it's everyday life, we all need to accept everybody for who they are. Um, I have a brother with autism, so I grew up, you know, just being by his side and, and understanding that people just looked at him so differently. So just to, worry, to raise awareness that, you know, we are all the same. We all have the same beating heart. We all have the same blood flowing in us. We just have to always live life with love and respect. And I just think that's so important to live that life every single day. I love that. And all that said... Uh, it's not true that we're all the same because your cousins are a lot cooler than mine, apparently, which I learned about <laughs> you in the last week. That Snoop Dogg is one of your cousins, Brandy, Ray J. I mean, that's that's a that's an A-list cousin right there. You know, you know, we can do a DNA test. You never know. <laughs> you could be related to me somehow. Um, but yes, yes, I have an amazing, incredible bloodline in the entertainment world with Snoop Dogg, the icon, a legend in the hip hop game. Brandy and Ray J, who I still haven't met Brandy, which I would love to because she was such an idol to me growing up. I mean, Cinderella changed my life as a yeah. kid. Um, but just to be there as a professional athlete as well, to be part of that, you know, history in the family, um, it's so cool to be a part of. If you're not following Sasha on Twitter, you need to right now. You see the handle on your screen at Sasha Banks WWE, where you also get pictures of her corgi wearing. <laughs> the tag team belt. It is worth the follow for sure. <laughs> Sasha, thank you so much. I know the fans here in Albany are fired up yes. for WWE's Friday Night Smackdown to come back to town. First time in seven years, Friday, April 22nd, MVParena.com, the easiest way to get tickets. Hang on, everybody. Kofi Kingston is next. Sasha, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, and I'll see everybody in Albany. Teams. Athletes, organizations, we're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. And we're joined now by Kofi Kingston, one of the most positive, as he just kind of brushed off the shoulder there before we even start the segment, man. That. So we, we just had a newborn baby. I mean, she's about to be four months old right now, so there's just a little spit up on the shoulder. But, you know, that's parenthood. You know what I'm saying? That's parenthood. You show up on the Zoom meeting and you got spit up on the shoulder and we just we out here living life. Hey, the first question I have for you as Friday Night SmackDown comes to MVP Arena April 22nd here in Albany. First question I have for you is, as a WWE superstar, what is the most difficult part of the job? 
Man, uh, honestly, right now it's it's being away from home, you know. So what the weird thing was about the pandemic, you know, I know it was very hard for a lot of people, uh, a lot of unfortunate situations with regard to like jobs and, um, you know, the virus and everything like that. Uh, but the glass half full mentality for me was that I got to spend a lot of time at home. You know, uh, ordinarily, I am not used to being at home as a WWE superstar. We are on the road probably four days a week, uh, and then we're home for the other three. So then as your kids get older, you miss a lot of things like baseball games and basketball games and weddings and birthdays and all that kind of stuff. So I got used to, uh, to, to being home with the pandemic. It was like I was on the road like one or two days a week the rest of the time I was home. So we got to like go fishing together, you know, go to all the different baseball practices and all that. So now that we're back on the road, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing to be on the road and to be able to have like people in the crowds. That's what WWE is all about. But the most difficult thing now is that I know what I'm missing. I know like that, you know, everything is going on at home and, and all that. But my wife does a great job of kind of keeping everybody in line and getting them to their practices. And, you know, we homeschool, too. So there's that aspect. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate my home time a lot more, too. Yeah. And I'm sure you, you, you probably even more so appreciate all that your wife does there, it sounds like. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. More than two million followers on Twitter, man. You are a huge star in this sport. Did you grow up watching it? I did. Yes, yes. I used to watch Saturday Morning Superstars for any uh, old heads out there who remember kind of what uh, what WWE used to be, you know, yeah, every yeah. morning, every Saturday morning, man, I, I was on it, you know. And then when uh, Raw started, I was a big fan of Raw. And obviously SmackDown came along. I became a big fan of SmackDown, too. So I've really been a wrestling fan for uh, the duration of my life, for as long as I can remember. We're in the same age bracket, so I want to. You're part of the one of the, one of the great all time groups. I, I hate to say tag team because we got three guys here, but yeah. when you think back to those Saturday mornings, is there a tag team that jumps out in your mind that you grew up watching? Oh man, there's there's so many, and I think that tag team wrestling was uh, was so beautiful back then. You know, with all the different like characters and the gimmicks and all of that um geez uh Sato I was, Tanaka was a big fan of okay. you know just like yeah, there, there's there's so many I mean the Heart Foundation there, there is it's too many to tell the Rockers were amazing you know what I mean so there, there's so many everyone was great mvparena.com is the uh, quickest way to get tickets here in the capital region to go see Friday Night Smackdown uh, as Kofi Kingston and company come to town you on on WWE.com it is you. One of the first things that is said about you is your positivity. Yeah. How, how do you remain so positive in a world that otherwise many people find the negative first? Yeah. Uh, to me, um, I've just always kind of been that way, and I think that was instilled in me through my parents. And um, you know, they've always been really positive role models, and um, it just doesn't really do you any benefit to dwell on the negative does it like what what does that do obviously you can recognize like how how dire things might be but um i think it's more beneficial to focus on like how to get out of that situation right or how to um you know how to eradicate that situation so for me like it, it's i mean it just it just makes the most sense and it's also a lot more fun when you're like 
you know, you're, you're smiling instead of like being miserable at everybody and, you know, being, being negative, like who, who, who likes the way that feels, if you don't like the way something feels, then like, just don't do it. Right. So, you know, so that's always been my attitude and my mentality. I love that. Uh, what does it mean to feel the power? <laughs> it means a lot of different things. It means a lot of different things for us when we're out there. Like you feel the energy that we bring. You feel that power that we have. You know, we also establish that dominance and that power in the ring. You know, when we're going up against our opponents. You see what I'm saying? But but more importantly, like it's that that energy that you have within yourself that helps you to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. You're an author. You're a podcast host of uh, the, the book, The Book of Booty. The Book of Booty. I saw you had to check. Is this what the book? You didn't want to share it. That's what it's called. Yes. Love it. Never be it. Never be I it. I love that, man. It. You don't want to be booty out here now. You know, you don't want to be booty out here. That's, that's the worst thing you can be, you know, because you're walking down the street. Oh, God, look, that guy's that guy's booty. Man. Oh, my God. And then, like, the whole neighborhood is looking at you. And then, you know, not to be confused with Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who used to be called the booty man. You know, you go to the, the, those uh, history buffs out there, not to be confused with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. But, uh, no, you don't want to be booty, man. That's the last thing that you want to be. I love that. Again, MVParena.com. Get your tickets now for Friday Night SmackDown as Kofi Kingston and company come to Albany, New York on April 22nd. Kofi, man, uh, I love watching what you do. Uh, positivity for me is such a huge thing. That's why when we got this opportunity and your name was thrown out there, I said, I, I got to I gotta talk to Kofi. So thank no, you, dude, for taking the time with us here uh, in Albany, New York, man. I don't, man. Thank you for having me on. And I really can't wait to be in Albany. My wife is actually from upstate New York as well, from the Ithaca area. So we went oh. that area quite a bit. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of love for Albany, and I can't wait to uh, to feel that energy from you guys. I went to Ithaca College, so hey. I, know that, I know that very well, man. Yeah, yeah, nice, dude. <laughs> Love the Finger Lakes region. All right, man. In all your travels, travel safely, stay healthy, and uh, and can't wait to see you guys on April twenty second. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Happiness is found in simple things: the sun on your face, sharing laughs at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Back live now at Alpenhouse in Amsterdam, RV and camping, Kofi Kingston, Sasha Banks. Thanks to both of them for joining us here. I said that was so cool. And I was on mute. Yeah, that's okay. That was awesome. Yeah. I I was listen, whether you are a professional wrestling fan or not, there is nothing like the personalities that are in that sport, that, realm of entertainment whatever you want to call it um the, the positivity the yeah. energy the it's it it becomes infectious we've had a bunch of wrestlers on this show we're not even a full year in yet and we've had probably a handful ash um and so i, I jump at the opportunity when we can speak with them because 
Uh, I just kind of, I just kind of like their energy. Yeah, they were both really cool and just sort of enlightening. I'm not the biggest wrestling fan on the planet. Yeah. I'm happy to admit that, but I learned a lot, and I just think they're likable people. Uh, first of all, you have some really cool cousins. I think Allie would have a problem with you maybe not putting her on the Snoop Dogg level. Uh, I have some really cool cousins. Also wouldn't put them on the Snoop Dogg level. But Sasha's got some really cool cousins. And Kofi's wife is from Ithaca. How about that? That crazy? Yeah, crazy. He's in upstate New York. I'm like, all right, where is he going to say? Because you never know. Right. Buffalo, Rochester, you anything north of Westchester is upstate to a lot of people. And yeah, he he went. Unreal. I know, technically central. I get it, people. But Let's yeah, see. Ithaca. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, unreal. All right, I said I was live at uh, at Alpenhouse RV and camping. I'll take you inside an RV here. You can come on down to the store in Amsterdam and get a live look for yourself. But, I mean, look at the setup here. TV. You've got a sofa with cup holders. You've got enough room for a table with four chairs, your kitchen, you've got bunk beds. This will sleep four people right there. Then you have kind of the the master bedroom, if you will, as you walk through the entire cabin of this RV, bathroom coming up on the right, and then to the bedroom in the back. And it is just an incredible, incredible way to travel here if you are able to do so. My goodness, we're going to see if we can pull something off here for an NFL training camp tour or something like that. We'll have to get somebody qualified to drive that (laughs) type of vehicle. Yeah, right, because it's not going to be us. Yeah, definitely not going to be us. uh, We'll bring Andy to training camp with us. Well, that's the idea for sure. Yeah. Yes. Or get someone to drive. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, before we say goodbye here, we've got a few minutes here still left on the show. Let's get into some of the NFL news here. Well, you know what, Ash, let me start here. Because okay. I think this is quick. Derek Carr, three years, $121.5 million to stay with the Raiders. This is elite quarterback money. Yes. And I don't even think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I know yeah. he had a very good year, and he may even have a better year next year with mm-hmm. a guy like Devontae Adams. Right? There was a lot of turmoil last year, so maybe I'm being unfair. And I'm, I'm stripping away some of the success that, that Vegas had as a team, having gone through everything they did with Gruden and Henry Ruggs to still get to the playoffs, to still be in that game against Cincinnati. But to me, this is elite quarterback money, 40 plus million reserved for maybe only the top three guys in football. Carr's not even top 10 for me. And I get that. It's not how this works. The next quarterback contract is always going to be the biggest quarterback contract. Lamar Jackson will get more then Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers but and Patrick Lamar, Mahomes, right? Lamar is a top – I mean, Lamar is – he's a top 10 for sure, but he's probably on the fringe of a top five. He's different. Yeah, for me, yeah, Lamar is different. MVP. Than, yeah, tomorrow, Lamar is different to me than Derek Carr. Good for uh, – listen, good for the Raiders. I'm glad they've locked him up. He's good for them. He's a guy that can take them to the playoffs. I don't think he's a guy that can win them a Super Bowl. And for $40 million a year, you need a guy that can win you a Super Bowl. The thing I like about Derek Carr, and I don't know him, but everything you hear is he's a good teammate. He's Devontae Adams wanted to go back positive. to play with him, his yep. former roommate, former teammate. Um, 
at Fresno wanted to go play with him. And you hear that about him all the time is that, you know, he's a good guy and and people like to play with him. Nick's not wrong. Burrow's going to break the record. Yeah. And you know what, Nick, the guy after Burrow is going to break the record. I mean, it's, it's just, it's going to the market will continue to reset itself until I guess it's proven Ash that, you can't win with a quarterback who's getting 55 to 60 right. million dollars a year. I get it the salary cap goes up, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh yeah. and that's not going to happen in the next few years. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Baker Mayfield says he feels disrespected. I was told one thing and they completely did another speaking about the Cleveland Browns and the Deshaun Watson situation. Does Baker have a right to feel disrespected? I I guess I'm not sure of the timing of everything before I would be to judge, but like the Instagram post, it almost seemed like he set some of this in motion on himself by, by making this Instagram post that was vaguely like, thanks for everything, blah, blah, blah. Like basically like I'm on my way out. And this was all before the Deshaun Watson stuff unfolded. So maybe he knew more than we did. That's the thing. But I, I don't know. He hasn't helped himself at all in this regard. I don't think. Um, so I, no, I don't think he's been disrespected. I'm a little surprised nobody's picked him up. Um, but they will. The problem is the contract, $18 million for his fifth year option on the rookie deal. Um, I don't think he should feel disrespected. Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield was 27th last year in QBR. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, you, When you are that far down, you don't have the right to feel disrespected when a team decides we're going to go get somebody we think is better. Now, the terrible if, human, I think, is maybe what, like, and listen, okay. you can say what you want about Baker, but when we're stacking humans up, <laughs> Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield are not on the same playing field. Yeah. Uh. And and look, if the organization is telling Baker one thing and then they go do yeah. something else, fine. But I, I think to your point, Baker's Instagram post, I think he knew exactly what was coming. Mm-hmm. All the writing was on the wall yeah. that the Browns were going to give up the farm to get Watson, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what they did. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. So huge contract for Derek Carr. Mayfield feels disrespected. I, I think he will be somewhere else by the yeah. time training camp starts. Yeah, I me think too. so. And, and he'll be somewhere where maybe he can beat out another quarterback. He's not going to be somewhere. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks who need Baker Mayfield right now, but he'll be somewhere where he could beat somebody out potentially. Yeah. And, and Seattle, even Baker said Seattle mm-hmm. seems like the most logical option. All right, everybody enjoy the, the NBA playoffs. I'm fired up for the official start of them on Saturday. Major league baseball season continues to roll around. And as we always say, the NFL season, Ash never ever sleeps. Thanks for hanging out again, Ash this week on Honorado and Company. And thank you all for watching on News Channel 13's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Saturday nights on My 4, 6 o'clock this week if you missed any of this week's episode.